Welcome to Business Unfiltered, where we dive into the raw and unfiltered world of running a business with Mercer and Jeff Sauer. Grab a seat for this unfiltered journey into the world of entrepreneurship. This is Business Unfiltered. Okay, welcome back to Business Unfiltered. Jeff Sauer here, joined as always with Mercer. And today we're going to talk about the power of saying no. So everything's in bounds here. The only thing we can't say no to is finishing this episode. So Mercer, when I hear the when I say the word no, what comes to mind for you as something that you like to say no to or a development you had in that world of no? Uh, that's a really good question. I, you know, for me, the power of saying no is kind of an entrepreneurial skill set that you've got to build over time. Because as an entrepreneur, you tend to view the glass half full. I think we're always looking for the next opportunity, the next new thing, uh, the next new person to be able to help us out. You know, and uh, and I think that for me, this is exercising that ability to be able to see, okay, yeah, there are lots of opportunities and which ones are you actually going to be able to focus resources on? Which ones are you not going to be able to focus resources on? And how do you know that? Right. Yes. Hence, which one do you know, which one to say no to, you know? So that's, that's sort of the game for me on my side. How about on yours? Yeah. It's almost like three-dimensional chess, right? You know, a lot of, I mean, no is something where it's a luxury, uh, for many people to be able to say no, and it's a it's a later stage thing to be able to say no, um, because at first, it, it, a lot of it comes to the supply and demand curve. So I'm sure we've all heard of a supply and demand curve, right? Where um, if you have more demand than you have supply of your time, no becomes a very powerful utility. And then the third dimension part of it is really this, how does that fit into your strategy, right? So there's supply, demand, and then the third dimension is is this strategic? Is this going to move me forward to having more demand, right? So you can you can choose it on that front um, versus if you don't have any demand for what you do, you have, over, you have oversupply, you have too much time on your hands. You're probably not going to want to say no to things prematurely because um, those things could lead to you being more in demand, right? And this is specifically from a marketing standpoint for me. So that's those are the three dimensions that I think of when I think of saying no. It's supply, demand, and then strat strategic. Is this does this have strategic value? Because over time, there's a sliding scale as to what's strategic, right? So you and I doing this podcast when we had no audience whatsoever probably wouldn't have been a good idea. You and I doing this thing if we were if we had a 10 million person list doing this podcast may not be a good idea then either. Right. But yeah. as of right now, it is strategic to where we want to be and, and where we want to go. Right. And so you always make a decision as to something that you're working on, especially something you're committed to. Um, is this, does this still stay in line with my strategy? And so a lot of people think that of it as as like giving up if you quit something like I did my last podcast for a hundred episodes and then I stopped. And the reason why I stopped wasn't because of anything other than it wasn't the supply and demand combination with my strategy just didn't make sense right then at that point in time. So I was like, okay, this is the thing that I can give up. So some people might think of that as quitting or failing. I think of that as more as empowering yourself to say, okay, well, readjusting your strategy, you should probably do that on a quarterly basis. No becomes a powerful tool if you rethink things. And that actually allows you to achieve new levels, whereas not saying no can hold you back. Does that make sense to you as well? Is, is that something you've experienced where as you get more in demand that you have to say no? Do you agree with that supply and demand curve piece or is there something else to it for you? Yeah, and I think I think you can do that in different ways, right? So we can say no by raising rates. Like in the beginning, I say yes to everything. I'm just starting out as a freelancer and somebody wants to say, hey, here's a hundred bucks to help me out with this. It's like, I got to pay the electricity bill. If that's going to help me, that's a yes in the beginning, you know? 
but is that a yes for me now? No, of course not. And how is it a no? Well, I'm, I've raised rates, right? Nobody can pay me for the same work I did a decade ago and do that today at the same rate, right? So power of saying no isn't just like you actually saying no to opportunities. It's just, you know, you could raise rate and just outpace the market and be like, hey, I don't need to do those particular things anymore because of opportunity costs, like I, I mentioned before. I think the the other thing I, specifically around the, the no thing is that is a skill. Like, I think successful people, and, and this is cliche, but I think it's true, is successful people don't necessarily get successful by finding the opportunities and taking advantage of them. They get successful because they're not thinking they have to take advantage of every opportunity, right? Not everything is a win. Not everything is potential. Like, how many domain names do you own, Jeff? I know it's more than one, right? Do you know why we we both own more than one domain name? Because we think somewhere in the back of our head that one of these domains is going to be a billion dollar idea eventually. Yep. So just we're just going to let it simmer a little bit. And that's where we didn't say that, you know, we didn't use the power of no. However, it stopped at the domain name. We yeah. didn't just say, okay, now we're going to go build this opportunity because this is, you don't understand the market's amazing. It's going to be great. So let's build a team around this. And let's do this. Let's do this. Now, why? Resources. Right. I don't yeah. have the resources to effectively say yes. And that's and that's what I what I I think it comes down to, right? Where if it's not like an obvious yes, then it's a definite no for me. Yeah. And that's that's how we figure it out when we're when we're talking about things. It's like when we're talking about a project, whether that's a new product that we might be developing, uh, a new offer, right? A new method or something that we're doing in our in our trainings. Um, we'll talk about it as a team. And at the end of the day, we're like, okay, what's everyone think? And everyone knows if it's not an obvious yes, like if this just just makes sense, then it's a definite no, right? If we have to fight for it, it's like, okay, maybe this is, isn't the right opportunity. Let's go find an opportunity that does fit for everything. Yeah. You know, hit, hit those marks. And that's kind of how we're using it. Yeah. It's funny. I was just thinking when you talk about domain names, if domain names weren't $10, if it was, yes. if, if a domain name were a thousand dollars, you wouldn't, yes. we wouldn't have as many, That's right? So, so true. So the price is, is a, is a big factor there. And, and I think there's a fourth dimension that you're talking about, which is resources, which I really like because, you know, for example, I has, you know, both of us have our digital marketing training businesses. Then we have our business offshoots because we, we think it's a different segment and there's, um, and we both have had these ideas for a long time and we start and stop with that. And the reason why, um, even though those are a yes, the, the making the business brand and, and, and I know this cause I just built mine out. I thought that it was, you know, the number of resources you have in order to build a second brand, it's almost like being a startup again. And it's yeah. like, do you, do you want to fund your main business that's going well and use the, in, let's say reinvest your profits. I'm not going to say siphon off funds. I'm gonna say reinvest your profits or the, the, the margin into this new business that's uncomfortable, right? You don't have enough resources, no matter how much, no matter how well one business is doing, creating another one does increase, it, it either takes people resources or money resources in order to get it going. And then it dilutes the focus. And that's why, you know, a lot of times people's advice, and this is really good advice is don't create your second line of income. You know, you're not going to have five lines of passive income that you're actively involved in, right? You can usually do something really well. And then afterwards, once you have a surplus, you can make real investments in the ongoing things, right? So, yep. um, so for example, most people who make a lot of money, it's from their primary business. And then afterwards they become the philanthropists, they become the investors, they become the ones who invest in other businesses. And so, yeah, the resources is a, is a, is a good dimension there as well. So we're, we're talking four dimensional chess here that, that comes into it is, you know, do I have the, is it supply demand and then time or excuse me, not time, but, um, strategy, does this fit into my strategy? Will this help me get more supply and demand? 
And then finally, resources. Does this get in place? And I think that's a really important thing to talk about here because if you say no, as you're building your primary business, you will almost always win the more you say no to saying, is this going to help my primary business or not? So that that gives you the grace to say, I can say yes to things as well. Right. So no is a powerful tool when it's when it when you I call it the force field around your business. Right. So it's funny, even like I just looked at on LinkedIn, I wrote a post nine years ago called say yes to everything. And it was like, say yes to this, say yes to that, say yes to that. And then the the final answer was until you need to start saying no. (laughs) And that was like the conclusion. Right. And then at some point you do need to say no, because no becomes a more powerful tool. And, I, and I, I tell people, put the force field around your business. Once you find your niche or your purpose of what you want to go after, then you, you immediately put a force field around you and something has to be exceptional to be able to get through that. Otherwise, it should be impenetrable, the no, yes barrier. Yes to everything yeah. that gets you clo- towards your goals. No to everything that stay, takes you away from it. Um, I'll, I'll end this on, on, a th- on a note, like basically saying, you know, I've, I've been doing some business development calls. So I do sales calls and people are reaching out to me, getting time with me. And then I follow up with them if they don't if they don't want to join my program. I follow up with them like a little bit later, like, hey, how have things gone in the, in the last 30 days since we talked? Because if you were in my program at 30 days, you would have reached your goal. Have you reached your goal yet? And one person yesterday was like, um, no, I haven't. But I worked on my novel. I worked on moving. I worked on all these different things. Um, so I feel good that now I can spend the time on that. And it's like so many people don't have that concept of what is their one thing or their powerful thing they can focus on. And so instead of focusing on this thing, their business, that's going to be their financial vehicle, they do everything else, Yeah, everything else in their power, they procrastinate. So then at some point they can decide to work on their business or not. Does it ever have, have you ever seen people do that? Did you do that at any point? Like, did you waffle a while? Like, Hey, I'm just going to reorganize my sock drawer and then I'll get to, you know, doing this thing. Or have you put up the force field early and do you, do you see that analogy working for you too? Yeah. I, you know, I'll tell you just, this is just sort of like true confessions. I think I'm I'm on the waffle side of things a lot of times, to be mm-hmm. honest. I know it's not a good place to be, right? Like emotionally, logically, I know I'm not supposed to do that. And yet sometimes that's just easier, right? Than dealing with the thing you've got to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there you're right in terms of that. Um, I think I think the power of no is that no is what focuses the resources for me, right? Kind of like what you mentioned before. It's it's what's actually getting momentum done. The yeses aren't actually building momentum. It's mm-hmm. the no's. Because if you're doing this right, you should be saying no most of the time, right? Because if you're not saying no to most of the things, you're so diffused that you can't get anything done. You're going to be spinning around in circles. So for me, it was like, you know, yeah, there's going to be times where I'm like, hey, I got to go fold my socks because that's more important, right? And so maybe I'll do that. But I'll do that because I know it's only going to be five minutes. It's out of the way. It's not going to upset me now because the socks are hanging out on the couch wherever they were in the basket, you know, when I'm walking by it, it sort of cleans me up. And so for me, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to do that. Uh, but I, but I'll try to, you know, stay as, um, true to myself in, in terms of the deal that I'll make like, okay, we're going to do this, but right after this is done, we're jumping into this thing over here. Right. So now we, we, you know, give you, give yourself a little gift on the personal side and then the business side gets a little something back, right. To work on that. Um, so I've done that before. The other way that we've really thought about this, this no stuff or what we talk about a lot is saying no to, um, things like solving problems that we don't have right, is another place to say no. So for example, uh, we've got a, a, the you know training packages and membership sites and things like that. So when somebody, this is this happens, especially with, with our team uh, who's in the members area, 
uh, where people will, they'll come in and be like, oh, we had this idea. How about we do this for the members area? How about we do this for the members area? I think the members will love this and that and the other thing. And that's all well and good. And, and we do a lot of these things, right? We've got the on-demand training. We've got the human touch. We've got the multiple updates. We have all the stuff that's back there. And, but there's still always going to be other ideas for making it even better. So what we'll do, how do we say no to that? Should I say no to helping the customer have a better experience with our products? Like what kind of horrible monster would I be to say that, right? So what we do is we have a system. We're like, okay, is that a problem we have? Like what problem would that have? Oh, well, that would help with, with retention. Okay, I agree with you. It would help with retention. Let's go look at the numbers, right? Let's look at our measurement. Do we have a problem with retention? Well, no, we don't have a problem with retention. Okay. So where do we have a problem? Oh, maybe we've got a problem with this Facebook campaign, not acquiring as many leads for the system. Okay. So do we focus more on this Facebook campaign for the acquisition, which the numbers say really needs help? Or do we focus on coming up with yet more ideas and more resources and more things invested to make retention even better than it ever is, even though that's really not the issue. And then right away, you sort of see that from a you know, some of us, I'm going to use the word sober, but I mean, just less emotional perspective because it's objective, it's numbers, right? Which is why I like trying to measure as much as I can in, in this sort of realm, because when you're saying no, there's a fear of loss emotionally that kicks in. Like, oh, if I tell you, if you say, Hey man, I got this great business idea. And I, I just go, Jeff, man, I, I, I just don't have the time. Sorry, man. I'm there's something in the back of my head. It's like, maybe I should have heard him out. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this was the one God, I wonder if, right. And so I probably will hear you out. <laughs> and yeah. then, you know, even if it's like, I want to say no, I'll be like, well, let me, let me just, you know, and that, and it, that's what I mean. It gets, it gets really hard to use yeah. this tool effectively. Well, even that, I don't care how long you've been doing it, you know? Yeah. You, I mean, you can say no in a way that keeps the door open as well. <laughs> like mm -hmm. just yesterday I was on a sales call and I knew that it wasn't going to be somebody who was in a buy, but it was somebody that I, that I think had potential. And I was like, Hey, you know what? I, I hear where you're at right now. It's not, I don't think it's going to be a good fit unless you want to, you know, drop the money on it. Um, but also here's my five tips for you, or here's what you can do. Come back to me once you get to that point and we Love can, that. we can talk about it. And, and, that, and I, and I, and some people do that like a year later or two years later, like, Hey yeah. Jeff, you told me to come back to me, to me once I got to this point, I'm there, here's what I did. And I'm like, good for you. Like, cause, cause that's, I always wanted that. I always wanted somebody that would, that would tell me no, but give me, but move me forward. Right. Yeah. So telling no doesn't have to be a bad thing necessarily. No just means not right now. It's like, right. is it Mr. Right or Mr. Right now? And and the more targeted you are and the more confident you are in your product, the easier you can say no and then say come back. Right. So I, I yeah. sort people into three buckets immediately and it and it makes all the difference. And then and then ultimately once I have the time. I'll make products for each of the three buckets and they'll, they'll link each other. Right. So, and it's funny cause like you have your digital marketing training business. The next step after that for a lot of people is either be the best at that, at the individual contributor level or start their own business oftentimes to sell that. So as a service, right. So it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, going back to the part about waffling and not making a decision, it's an interesting thing because you and I are both data heads and I was just thinking like, to me, there is a difference between procrastination like not doing it because you don't, because you're just putting it off and then giving yourself time to breathe while you're gathering information, while you're doing research and development, while you have think time. Like for example, I'm, I'm going to write a book. I'm very heavy on it right now. And, um, and two nights ago, I'm doing this at night, right? I'm like at night sitting on my laptop, listening to this article or listening to this course that I bought about how to write a book. And it's like, you need a book hook and you need to, you need to build, develop your framework, right? Well, 
in the past, I would think about something for five minutes, create a framework, throw it out there and make it seem and like make it a thing, right? This one, I'm actually letting it sit there and then I'm coming back to it almost every single day. I'm asking people for their opinions. I'm doing it a little bit differently here because I want to basically, I want to, I want to workshop it before I even get to the point where it goes live, right? So I'm asking, I asked my wife about it. I asked our director of marketing. I'm, I'm asking for opinions and just putting it out there and then incorporating it, feedback, getting their stuff. And what will end up happening is that I'll have a better result than I would have if I would have just put it out there in five minutes, because usually the best things come after the first round is rejected and you're in the second or third round, then you start to get to, the, to really where you want to be. Now, yeah. some people like it would be wrong to call that procrastination. It would be wrong to say that I'm lazy or anything like that, or that I'm a perfectionist. It is actually what I'm doing there is I'm creating data where data didn't exist before right? I'm getting qualitative data and quantitative data. Quantitative is a number of titles you come up with. Qualitative is people's opinions on it. Then you're merging it into the point where you actually have the right thing, the thing that makes the most sense, right? So a lot of people, they say no, like, like data-driven can make you say no, but also if you don't have any data at all, you need to create that data before you can say no. And that is not a problem with you, right? That is not a problem that you are creating data, that you're getting repetitions. That's actually a strength is that you're waiting to get to that point, right? So I think some people, the thing that makes me mad all the time is when people say no without even consulting, if there's data with it just being an opinion, I don't like that. Um, I want to get at the, like, the, why don't you like that? Why doesn't this work, right? And, and I'll spend a little bit more time on it if I believe in it and I won't accept that. And then if I still believe in it and somebody says something and I'm like, I can get over that, then that's when you know that, that thing is, is defensible. But that's not something you do in your first try. It takes a long time. So saying no to, um, you know, so the no here is me saying no to the idea of being ready right away and saying yes to, I need to do a lot of work in order to get to this point is really a, a powerful thing. So you can actually flip it on its head and say, no is no to distractions versus no to this idea, right? Because yeah. if, if you want to make it work, it isn't a take, if you want to make it stick as well, you have to spend a lot more time, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I, and I like that, that this concept of like, no, in my head, what I'm picturing right now is like, no, is like this, you know, this amazing tool, right? Mm -hmm. Almost like, you know, and I'm, and this is <laughs> a bad analogy, but just to get it out there, it's kind of, it feels like a chainsaw, right? And I'm like, like, I'm a, I'm a, I got this hugely powerful chainsaw and I just figured out how to like, turn on it, turn it on. Right. So I just <laughs> pulled the whip cord and the engine's taken off and this thing's like, and I'm like, all of a sudden I'm losing control of it. Right. Because it's so much power. And that's that's what I think. No, is um, I think there are times that we use it properly. Right. Like like in, in our case, um, personally, where we talk about, OK, we're not going to solve problems we don't have right now. We're going to say no yeah. to that. So I in focus. Right. Uh, or we're going to say no to things that diffuse from the market um, or what we're trying to do. We're going to say no to things that, uh, to your point, that we need to edit. Right. Like copy, for example, you yeah. know, just write copy and then be like, that's awesome. But at the same time, who would ever write a single word they thought they should be deleting later, right? It's, it's a weird process. Copywriting is a hard skill because you're literally writing words that you have to get rid of, you mm -hmm. know? But you're right. You Your best copy is seven versions later. It's not yeah. the first version. You've got to yeah. get through the first six to even see the seventh, right? To yeah. recognize it. So there's power of saying no there. And I think all of those are, are like, oh, of course I would say no. Like, that makes sense. But where are you saying no where you shouldn't be saying no? And that's where you get in that procrastination side where it's the same tool, right? Same exact tool, but I'm not aware that I'm, this is the part where you're kind of losing control and it's accidentally like, you know, creating distractions and destruction where it's like, oh, I'm saying no to 
sending that email to that prospect follow-up that I was supposed to send, but I just, you know, secretly, if I thought about it, it's because I'm afraid they're going to say no. And if I don't ask them if they're, if they're, what their current status is, at least they're always maybe a potential yes. And they'll reach out, you know, yeah. and, and, and I, and I say no to find it, just, just sending that email. And if you say no to sending the email, you don't have that, you know, resolution, but you never feel the sting of failure. Right. And so yeah. it's like these, these emotional things. And I think that's the thing that we don't realize we're doing all the time. So the power of saying no is twofold for, for me as I'm, as I'm discussing this. One is, yes, use it as the scalpel that it is when you're aware, right? But also realize that you might be using it as a sledgehammer, unaware that you're doing that, right? Using this tool bluntly sort of, you know, this is where the procrastination stuff comes in these bad habits. Not to say everyone's got to be superhuman and have the little power hours in the morning and wake up at five in the morning, do calisthenics for 10 minutes and get going. I mean, I, I'm not saying that either, but there is a certain thing with like, oh, wow, I have, I've procrastinated this a couple of times, you know? Yeah. Um, one, one little trick I have for that, just in, in a, from a sort of a productivity management standpoint is in our, in our system, like, for example, I have like update Quicken for our personal bank account. Well, I don't update Quicken every single day, but I, I will, I have this task uh, with that set up, right. Where I have a quick, Hey, you little reminder to update Quicken this week. Well, sometimes I'll be like, okay, I'll do it next week. I'll do it next week. I'll do it next week. What I realized was I was, and I literally have that in whatever the project management tool is that we were using, right? That's what sort of reminded me to do this. So what I realized was I kept kicking that off, uh, not realizing all of a sudden I, I log in one day to update Quicken and it's like, oh yeah, we can only go back so far. <laughs> you know, you've now exceeded the amount of time, you know, and I'm like, wow, I can, okay. I, I definitely pushed this thing out too far, right? Should have, should have been updating this a little bit faster. So what I ended up doing was I'll put things like if I push it off, I put a little one X by it. If I push it off again, I change mm. the name of the task. So it says like update quick and dash two X. All of a sudden it says dash three X, right? When it gets to five X, I'm literally looking at the name going, you've pushed this five weeks yeah. in a row and now's the time. And I know, and I, my brain knows that it's like, okay, I got to do this at least once a month to keep this thing updated. Right. Um, so I'll, I'll do that. But that's, those, 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 what I'm doing at that point is creating a system that encourages me to not say no as easily. Right. So it goes, yeah. oh, well, you've already postponed. Let's go ahead and uh, do this task that you've postponed five times already. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, okay, I think, I think I probably should do that versus let's do this thing that you can postpone up to five more times. Yeah. Right. One's going to be an easy, like, okay, cool. I'm not going to do that right now. And the other one's going to be like, oh, just the way you said that makes me want to do it. You know? So I think, I think that that's been helpful for us too. And I, and I'm, as I'm talking through this, like, that's what I'm really trying to investigate in my life now is where are the sledgehammers, where's the accidental misuse of no happening where I'm pushing off things that are really the things I should be doing, but I'm not focusing on them. Right. Yeah. For example, AI is another one of those things for me. I'm, I'm a, I use it, but I don't think I use it exceptionally well. And that kind of bothers me because I think the ones who get really ahead of this and start using it exceptionally well are going to get further ahead. So yeah. I've got to figure out how to start saying yes to that stuff and put myself in a position where I'm forced to basically use it in order to get the job done. You yeah, know, which is actually what my strategy is right now. Yeah, just yeah. overload myself so I have no choice, right? Yeah, but, but um, but yeah, I think the power of saying no is is those two folds, right? It's it's what can you focus your resources on that you're consciously aware of, and where are you saying no to things that you really shouldn't be saying no to things, and you know yeah. this. We all know this if we're quiet with ourselves. We know this. We've never, you know, you know, you should be saying yes. And yeah, it's like okay, now how do we do that? And let's build a system yeah. for that. Well, I like you're. I mean, you're basically mentioned. You're you're talking about you're subconsciously saying no when you put something off, right? You're basically yeah. saying this is a priority, yet you're, we're all on islands. Usually we don't have anybody to say that to, so it's just our action and we're holding That's our- exactly right. 
Like yesterday I broke down and told my assistant, I was like, you, you're putting these things on my calendar. They're not my priority. So we've implemented something where it's like, what do I need to do to win the week? Right? So every week I have a weekly objective that I want to win the week. And it's like, that's the number one priority. That's the rock for that week. And then there's pebbles and sand that we fill it in with. Yeah. But if on on that priority, then then I'm not, I'm going to push it until after I've finished that objective, right? That's that's a big thing for me, and and I think that works out well. At least it's it's going to work out better now because we're saying no, um, because we're prioritizing. So if it, like I wouldn't have update Quicken on my thing this week if it wasn't the win. It would happen on Friday after my Thursday deliverable is done, and that's where we fill it in. And and that's I mean that that is a you're saying no by not addressing it, and and you're making it inaccessible that you don't even see it, right? So that that's right. One way that I'm proactively doing that by by basically saying what my weekly objective is. So we just started that this week. We'll see how it goes, but I think that's that's a, a nice way to look at it. Yeah, um, I love that idea. I we were talking. You were talking about emotion as well. One of the things that AI does for me is that it, that it does the draft um, of a lot of things, and it's not emotional saying AI your draft sucks. Like we already sort of like that, so we can make it the scapegoat if it's not very good, and we can be like, hey, you know what? I don't, this is AI. I'm not offending anybody. I don't have to be nice to this AI thing. It's like half the stuff they write is crap. If not 80, 90% of it, right? Okay. Well then let's fix it. But, but people are so bad at blank canvas, but better at reacting to something that's on paper. And that, that can be your first draft of your copy or your first draft can be verbal. Then AI turns it into something a little bit more realistic, right? They, they structure it. Then you beat it up. Now our director of marketing, he's actually trained AI to become a copy critic. And so he says, you are, you know, you know, tell me what's wrong with this copy. And then it's like, you need to be more specific on this point. This sentence is good. Add more testimonials. It's amazing. Like what it tells us to do. So we just have like our own checklist using AI to make things better. And that that's a way that I'm, you know, when I do the feedback, I don't want to be stopping my day to give feedback on something that AI could be doing or that, 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 it's, that standard stuff, right? Structural things. And so we're sort of separating it that way is like, I want to do it for accuracy, tone of voice and everything like that. But we can train AI to even understand a lot of that stuff. And then I come in at the end. And so the difference of having the seventh iteration is that my review takes five minutes. On the first iteration, my review takes 45 minutes. Which one would you rather have? Would you rather be the business owner spending 45 minutes reviewing something and stressing over the wording and trying to be the writer? Or do you want to have the the seventh version of it after it's gotten trimmed down and you're just saying, green light, good job. That's amazing, right? Yep. Well, there's the, the no is that even if it takes somebody 12 hours to write that, um, it only takes me five minutes and that's, that's the end benefit that you get out of there, right? Um, another thing is just, you know, this is a one that's come up to me is that I just, I just did a networking event yesterday. I did one two weeks ago on a Wednesday and, and usually they take a lot out of me. So it's like at night I'm off my bed routine and I'm, I'm tired the next day. Um, we did this before one of our other podcasts, but I meet these amazing people and form connections and, and it's really awesome. So one of the things that I say no to probably too much is putting myself out there networking, talking to people. So I'm trying to get out of that shell, my introvert shell and just be in front of more people. So like, you know, intuitively, I don't love doing sales calls, but they always are fruitful because I get to talk to people and I get inspired and I get to workshop ideas. One-on-one -on -one coaching calls are amazing for that reason. Going out and meeting people is really amazing in that sense. So there's so many things that I do that I normally am a default no that I'm having to turn myself into a default yes or or understanding the strategic value of something. Because every time I do it, 
I I find value in it. So so like my if my default stance is no, I can't go out on a Wednesday night because I have to be home with the family and I'm in the, in the suburbs. I don't want to take the train into Washington D.C. Um, I'm like giving myself the opportunity to say yes, or at least thinking through that. So the default no can be a yes if there is value in doing that. And because I always find the value in it, and it's just just really picking your battles is a big thing here. So no can be, it can be a. It, it's funny. It's like I'm a I was a yes person forever. Then I became a no person for the last five ten years. Now I'm trying to become a yes person again in my blind spots, in things that I can improve upon, because yeah. that's really what's going to take things to the next level. So that's that strategic chess we're talking about in there. Um, I'm not sure if you have the same thing. And then, and then I just wanted to end with one more thing. What about saying no to your team? Like, what about no saying no internally? Have you had to learn how to do that and get better at saying no to people? Or is that still an uncomfortable thing for you internally on your team and in your business? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I think probably sadly, the answer is no, it's not uncomfortable for me. I probably should be a little more tactful on occasion, uh, but I try to explain why, right? It goes back to like, okay, that's a great question. I love this idea. Okay, do we have this problem to solve? Well, no, we really don't. Okay, well then let's add that to the ideas of stuff. So when we have this problem to solve, we can then solve it. And that yeah. tends to placate most things and keeps people from chasing squirrels. Because as an owner, again, you've got to, you know, as a manager, forget the owners, a manager of any team, you've got to focus them. Um, because they're not right. The universe wants to go into chaos. Every system wants to go into chaos, and the and the power of that structure of the system is what keeps it contained, right? And then and ideally focusing its resources to a specific result. Um, so yeah, for me, you know, this this is and I'll kind of summarize my points and then throw it back to you for kind of the the final sort of wrap up. But the the idea of finding the things that I consciously need to say no to to keep resources focused, right? So the things I'm consciously aware of going back and figuring out where I'm saying no to things that I really should not be saying no to things. And then what systems can I put into place to encourage both, right? So as an example, um, some of the things I say no to, I, I, I will put it, especially the things that I know I should be saying yes to, I will plant those activities at, in, a, in, a, in a way so that I'm more likely to say yes. So as an example to that. If I'm procrastinating, oh, I got to send a bunch of emails, right? Well, I know toward the end of the day, like after three, four o'clock, my no meter goes way high because I'm naturally low energy. I don't want to do a bunch of stuff already in the afternoon at that point. Uh, so I'm already likely to say no to whatever. I don't care how good it is, right? I'm just mm -hmm. like, I'm done. Um, so let's not put the, let's not schedule the opportunity to do that stuff at the end of the day. Cause I'm just going to be like, Nope, moving on because I'm naturally ready to say no. However, at five in the morning, this is just cause I'm a morning person at five in the morning. I am all I'm yes. I'm like, cool. Let's get going. The day's fresh. Let's do this thing. So I can get up at five in the morning, get some coffee by five 15. I'm writing emails, but it's so much easier to do that. I don't even think to say no. It's just, it's calm. It's quiet. I'm naturally in a yes mood. Right. So I think that's helpful uh, too. just as wanted to kind of get that uh, tip out there. But that's, those are my thoughts. It's just kind of, you know, focusing on where where you are saying no to things or sorry, start saying no to things that you really shouldn't be. Right. So where you're where you're saying yes too often because you're diffusing the team's resources, maybe and focus on the things that are working to your point. Build that one bucket, get it to waterfall into the next bucket, et cetera, et cetera. And then look for where you are saying no to things that you really shouldn't be, but just, you're just going so fast. You're just not really paying attention to it and nothing seems to be breaking, but you know, it could be better if, right. Those things, uh, and figure out how to, how to, uh, adjust that. So you say yes to more of those. Yeah. I love it. And I'm in the same boat. 
Uh, and that's it for this one. Hopefully you enjoyed the insights. We probably could have gone on for another half an hour or an hour on this one. So we might have to try to find a follow-up at some point because I didn't even get to half of my my pre-notes. But this is a good conversation. And I and I think that you're right. It's it's a sliding scale. Sometimes you should say no. Sometimes you should say yes. You got to understand where it's going to get you and think about it. If you don't have data, collect it yourself. And then here's one data point that you can't say no to is that if you enjoyed this episode, if you enjoy Mercer and I talking, then we need a review. We need data that says that this is a good podcast, that it's worth listening to, that you found something interesting that you like our back and forth. Okay. So go ahead and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. We want that to come in here. We want to hear that you're enjoying this podcast, this episode. And also, if you have an idea for an episode that you want us to talk about, if you like this one and you want to hear what's what should you say yes to, whatever it is, um, let us know. Leave us that feedback. We like to hear from you. I hear from people all the time in my one-on-ones about how they like the podcast. People don't broadcast to the world how much they love this, though, and I'd like to hear that. People always say, hey, I was listening to Business Unfiltered, and you said this. I did this, right? It happens all the time. I had it on every almost every call I have. Somebody mentions it, yet... I'm not seeing your reviews showing up in our platform, okay? So the only thing you can't say no to is leaving us a review and saying that you enjoyed this podcast because that's the only way people learn about it. That's the only way we know we're doing a good job, even though we love it here. Otherwise, we're going to start saying no to doing more episodes. That's my threat to you. That's my promise to you. Thank you so much. And we'll see you on the next episode of Business Unfiltered. And that's a wrap for today's episode of Business Unfiltered with your hosts, Mercer and Jeff Sauer. Be sure to subscribe, leave us a review, and tell a friend what you've learned today. Want to connect? Visit us at businessunfiltered.fm. This has been Business Unfiltered, always unapologetically honest.